Welcome to Briarwood Football Classics. I'm Matthew Forster. I'm the head coach of Briarwood Christian School in Birmingham, Alabama. This season is the 50th season of Briarwood Football, and we're publishing this podcast to remember some great games and moments from the past. And these are Briarwood Football Classics. So this episode of the Briarwood Podcast, it's my pleasure, the great quarterbacks in Briarwood history, Joe Craddock, Joe Man, I just can't wait to talk about uh, all the memories we have together and how the Lord's blessed you even moving beyond the Briarwood days. So thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, Coach, I've, I've been listening to all these, and I'm excited to get the chance to jump on here. So I want to start way back. So, you know, the first time I saw you was actually in sixth grade. Coach Jackson, y'all, y'all are in the championship. Somebody says, hey, you need to go watch the backs come to Briarwood. And so I go, and uh, sure enough, I – I see you guys, you have to make a two-point play at the end of the game. You played great the whole game. You roll out to your left, you have the ball in your right hand, defensive end hits you, traps you, and you actually took the ball from your right hand, put it in your left hand, and threw the two-point game winner. I came back the next day and told Coach Yancey, man, we've got a winner coming. But, you know, as you think back formatively, to those days, uh, you had an uncommon will to win, a competitive fire to go along with your skill set. So where does that come from? Uh, you had that at an early age. So what do you credit that will to win to? Yeah, Coach, I just think it's uh, how I was raised uh, by my mom and my dad, especially my dad. You know, everything was a competition growing up. You know, I think, too, like my dad, would, I watched how hard my dad worked. And uh, when he would come home, he would ask me things like, hey, have you done your footwork drills today? Or have you done this or that? My dad was just always pushing me to be the best I could be and always instilled that competitive edge in me uh, at a young age. So you come to Briarwood your freshman year, you know, uh, definitely had some talent. I do remember an early summer, seven on seven, we're running four verticals and you got to figure out for the very first time that free safeties at the high school level actually pretty fast to pick a, a seam route. But, uh, you know, you you had the, the fortune. Uh, you didn't start, but you played significant minutes behind a senior, Alex Mitchell, I think, threw for like 26, 28 touchdowns that year. So what do you remember about your freshman year? I've, I've got some specific memories of that year and some things you did. But, uh, you know, being a freshman, getting significant playing time, uh, at, at the quarterback position. Yeah, I just – I think back on those days and just how those guys accepted me uh, at a young age. You know, I was getting rides um, to Lenny's sub shop or roly-poly uh, before games uh, by older guys. And I just remember Alex, you know, being so good to me. Um, you know, we were competing for the same job, and um, he was just always very supportive of me getting reps that I got. and. I just remember him being so great to me, um, kind of taking me in as, as an older brother type, um, you know, and, and the rest of the guys as well, you know, a little snotty nosed freshman that they were trying to, that you guys, the coaches were trying to put in the game. Um, I never felt any animosity from any of the guys or any um, sort of guys that were, that were mad or upset that I was, I was getting playing time. So it's funny, you and I were talking just a little bit earlier, getting ready for this. And I remember your very first touchdown pass and all you remembered was your first <laughs> reception. So yeah, uh, yeah. You know, Silicaga. So 
talk talk me through that and then i'm and then i think you know it now because we've talked about it but uh, yeah. first touchdown pass as well yeah I, I i didn't remember the first touchdown pass until you reminded me but um you know that's one of the things just i've always remembered the things that um i really wish i had back you know more than the good things i guess but i do remember the first interception my freshman year playing silicaga at home and don't remember the concept i want to say it was something like a slant or something and i didn't read it inside out or whatever. And the, the flat defender just jumped it and, and picked it. And um, I remember that more than the, the touchdown that you you reminded me of. But um, to be honest with you, coach, even you telling me uh, about the first touchdown, I, I have no idea. I couldn't yeah. even tell you where we were, what what game it was. I couldn't tell you. So it was Silicaga. So it's funny. I don't remember the interception, but you, you <laughs> so you didn't play the first two series. And we had a play back then. We called 58 double D. It's just a standard post drag dig. It's a progression read. Um, and then we have a tailback coming out of the backfield if he doesn't have to pick up his his blitzing backer that just runs a little shoot route out in the flat. So you go in, I think it was third and long. We called double D. Well, you hit the tailback out in the flats and he turns up, takes it for a touchdown, which that wasn't part really of our read other than maybe a check down late. And uh, you came back to the sidelines, and I said, Joe, great, but uh, what would you see? And you go, well, the first couple of times y'all called it in the game, I was watching it, and they weren't covering that guy, so I thought it just fell out to him. <laughs> I thought, there we go. The Joe uh, Crab legend has started. So, so you know, you then become the starter, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year, stellar career, got a number of wins, region championships. But uh, is there anything particularly – in those underclassmen days that stands out, either players or plays? Yeah, I mean, there's so many uh, great memories um, of those those years, um, the early years, like you said, you know, um, Williamson, you know, beating us my freshman year down in Lab Peebles and then them coming back up to our place, I think in the second or third round, I can't remember, but um, just to beat those guys, uh, I think it was 31 to six or so, and um just to get that revenge on them um was pretty special but you know the homewood um rivalry is always something that you think about um the macadory games but a lot of a lot of fun times you know um you know beating demopolis on the road at that time was it was pretty special and they had a really good team um but there was a lot of a lot of games that we could sit here and talk about um that were really special that's, yeah, we, we we pulled out that 2002 highlight tape. We kind of call those the lost years a little bit because you know we yeah. get bumped up because of the 1.35 to 5A. We still compete, and then in 02 we go to this impossible region. You know, Jess Lanier, Thompson, Thompson, yeah, uh, yeah, McAdory, and we we come out and we we win that uh, region four championship. Uh, your junior year. And those, those are some historic, spectacular game. That fourth quarter ricochet catch, the hook, you know, at Thompson yep. uh, falls over right into the, the game. And, you know, you know, Tim was out because of a MCL injury. And uh, little Westby Anderson came in and led us to victory. So pretty, pretty amazing yeah, stuff. I remember the Thompson game. I remember that Thompson game. Now, that was a heck of a game. Um, you know, a lot of uh, back and forth in that game, they were really they were tough, and uh, us to find the way to win that with the ricochet of Charles was was pretty special. 
uh, to rolling to Jess Lanier and, and Thompson and West End. And like I said, the Pleasant Grove series, the McAdory series, you know, those are um, a lot of fun. Yeah, you bring up McAdory. Sam will back up to your junior year. Boy, I mean, we played them over there. It was just always yeah. tough. And then they didn't play as well at our place. But, you know, your junior years for the region championship is packed. Crazy game. Uh, Matt Cadell and company were so good. The fog rolls in late. Tough, tough game. And then fourth quarter, we we have to get a first down. We're not going to win. And we think we call a rollout backside post to Taylor Hart. Yeah. Laid it up. And it was just this over-the-shoulder game-winning catch. The highlight tape so dramatic from that. But do you, you remember much from those I do. games, but that one in particular? I do, yeah. Like you said, Coach, it was um, a fog field night. It was it was something pretty special. You know, you pull up to that stadium and you see um, arguably one of the best athletes of all time in the home of Bo Jackson, and you just kind of get chills just thinking about that. But I do remember that game. Uh, it was a back and forth, you know, rock and sock, a lot of hard hitting going on in that game. And, um, you know, like you said, I think I rolled out to my right and threw through the backside post that you had called to, to Taylor and Taylor made a great play. And um, I think we ended up winning that game 22 to 19, you know, at their place, which like you were saying, it was a little different at their place than it was at ours, but um, that was a fun night for sure. Uh, so that Williamson series in particular, that game down there, well, they, you know, they had beat us my freshman year, our first year in 5A, uh, down in the Mud Bowl down there in Lab Peoples. And and uh, they had come to our place the next year, and, and we had beat them, you know, quite handily. But um, they were back, you know. They had they felt like they had a little better team than you had the year before. And um, obviously, you know, a couple of us had played in that game a couple of years back um, down there in my freshman year. And so – we just, we just felt like it was, um, you know, there was a lot of uh, hype around that game, a game that, you know, we had lost a couple of years ago um, down there. And I just had, I just still had that bad taste in my mouth from that mud bowl that um, there was something about that place that I just wanted to go down there and get a win. You know, Coach Yancey, I listened to all the, the, the past um, deals, the past podcasts and you know, Coach Yancey's maxims that Coach Forrester was alluding to, you know, all those maxims kind of came uh, full circle that night and just made you feel like this was the game. You know, you wanted to go down there and get the win. And um, very special night. You know, we I got loose on the quarterback counter and um, was able to take it, you know, 75, 70 yards. I don't remember. It felt like 90 to me because it was <laughs> I was trying to outrun all them dudes. But, um, you know, it was a, a very – very fun night. I think, um, I mean, I had like a, that long run, a quarterback sneak for a touchdown and a, a couple passes and touchdowns. But um, what a fun night to go down there and, and beat those guys. A, good, a really good football team, I think 42 to 14. And one of the most, one of my most favorite wins on the road at Broward uh, that I had. Um, so we get to your senior year. What a special year that was. Didn't start out that way. We got throttled first game at Vestavia 28 to seven. <laughs> we all had yeah. a little bit of humble pie. Uh, I remember Mike Forster called an all out blitz right before halftime. They hit a little screen pass. It goes the distance and we're just shell shocked even at halftime, but, you know, then come back and have a nice run and, and cap it off really in historic fashion. But 
talk me through a little bit of the early part of the senior year. We'll get to the good stuff there at the end later. Well, after we talked, you know, I went back and looked at all these uh, drawings, these posters that I have. And uh, I think Vestavia wanted a little revenge on us that night because we had beat them on junior 21-7. So yeah. uh, looking back on that, I realized that. But um, I just remember that 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 first game, you know, um, you know, Coach Yancey was very big on uh, putting, you know, pretty much all the best players on defense. And uh, T.J. Claude was uh, one of our best linemen, you know, that year. And um, Coach Yancey felt like it would be good to move T.J. to, to defense and that best of the game. And I was kind of running for my life uh, I, I, the way I remember it. Um, and so the very next week we got T.J. back. But um, that senior year was just, just a special group of guys, a special team, um, one of my most – favorite teams I've ever been on or coached on. Um, everybody loved each other. Uh, we were a really close group that, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us had started kindergarten together um, and, and been with each other at least ever since elementary school. So we'd played a lot of ball together on the playground, um, you know, in, in junior high. And so a very special year um, uh, that did not start off very well, but it also gave us a little motivation uh, to roll into Jesselineer and, and Thompson and West End, like I said, the Pleasant Grove series, the McAdory series, you know, those are um, a lot of fun. Senior year, we go to the Legion Field, Jackson Olin, and even though we beat them 21 to nothing, unfortunately, you get an AC separation on your shoulder. And then we're coming into Homewood the next week, which was always for the region championship. And we'd had that back and forth for years where one team would win the regular season and the other team would knock off the other in the playoffs. So um, you probably tell it better than I do about, you know, you're in pain. We're trying to figure out how to play you, but not get you any more hits on that shoulder than you need to. And and you kind of gutted it out and, and think through it like 52 times that first yeah, time kind of plan B. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember, um, being at, being at Legion Field and, and playing Jackson Olin and somebody just landing, you know, funny on my shoulder. And I just remember being a lot of pain in that game and finished out the game and, um, you know, saw a couple of doctors. And um, I did not want to miss that next week. Like you said, it was the Homewood rivalry that, um, you know, just in those past couple of years, you know, we had just had unbelievable games, you know, beating them in the regular season the year before, 2017, and then, them knocking us off in the playoffs, 35-25, you know. And, and so I, I had to find a way to get in the game. And then I put a big um, pad under my shoulder pad to kind of protect my shoulder. You and Coach Yancey told me not to run a lot. We got beat 24-14. to 14, Is that right? That's right, yeah. I, I just remember something during that during that game that I just got so frustrated that, um, that I wanted to win. So I took off the run and, and got tackled, and my shoulder was just – just killed after that. And so um, I threw the ball probably more that game than I did any other game in my high school career. Um, but I knew I, I wanted to play that game so bad and I wanted us to win, but I knew we'd probably see him again later on. Yeah, bad, bad story before we get to the good stuff. You know what this one is coming. So the, home, the first Homewood game, you yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so competitive and you're in pain. And uh, you, every time you threw it, you got hit that night because our pass pro was not very good. 
So uh, unfortunately, we voted on captains the very next day, <laughs> and because uh, you kind of chewed everybody out in the huddle, <laughs> we took the votes, and you didn't get voted captain. I think any, any other week you would have, obviously. Yeah. Coach Yancey comes to me and goes, Jay, uh, Joe didn't <laughs> captain. <laughs> you mind taking him out to eat and talking to him about that? So I take you to Mexicali, you know. Yep. Yep. Sit down, order, and you go, I didn't make captain, did I? <laughs> I said, no, you didn't. And then, of yeah. course, you say, well, coach, you know, I may not be captain, but I can help lead this team to state championships. So I've always appreciated your graciousness on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I probably didn't deserve it if I chewed everybody out. But like you said, I was – I just wanted that game so yeah. bad. And, you know, I was frustrated because I couldn't run. Part of my game was taken away from me. and. Yeah. Um, being injured and all that stuff. I don't remember what I said or how it went down or what. Yeah. But I just wanted to I just wanted to win so yeah. bad. And uh I guess I guess I didn't handle it the right way that night. And um, you know, but that's all that's all good. Yeah, a lot of coaches roll their eyes what we did because we we drove drew up a game plan we thought would be really good versus them, and then we took the whole thing out. We actually went in with a plan B. Because, because you're injured one, but also we felt like we we're going to play him again and we wanted to save everything for the when it counted, which is, I mean, that's, that's taking a gamble. Uh, I'm glad y'all did that. Yeah. So <laughs> you follow was ranked number one. We're having to go there. I think they were yeah. averaging like 400 plus yards rushing per game. Hadn't given up hardly any points all year. And uh, man, they were packed, good looking team, those red uniforms and we just jumped on them in shocking 34 to seven win there in the oh. second round of the playoffs. So what, what do you remember about that? Yeah, I, I definitely remember that game. You know, there was those dudes, you know, driving all the way down there and um, showing up and them talking a lot of noise pregame and they had signs all over the place, you know, I think 11 or 12 and Oh, and this is our house and just all that stuff that high school kids do you know and um I just remember that game and and just our defense playing spectacular you know I just remember John Post yeah. uh just killing their quarterback a couple times and I was able to find uh Crumpler Brian Crumpler on the sideline down for like a go ball or a post ball in the end zone for a touchdown and um I just remember that that night being pretty special for us because um, you know, I think they were number one in the state. I don't know if you said that or not, but you know, they were they were a good team, and we just went down there and just kind of took their soul away from them, beat them thirty-four to seven. So um, that was that was a fun fun game that kind of led us into the next game. You know that that BC Rain game that man like that that was the game, and um, you know this this guy you you looked across the, the field at them and you just said man this is another like one of those williamson type teams big strong physical guys that can run and um you know we had no business beating them that night but you know we just found a way you know they had they scored two touchdowns missed two extra points and we scored a touchdown and kicked two field goals and the, and the funny thing is you know we all know coach chance he'd never like to kick the field goals <laughs> back in those days and uh <laughs> We stalled out on a drive, and it was a long field goal. To give coach yeah. coach credit, you know, he he actually called it. But I just remember looking over at him, and I'm just like, I started swinging my leg, like kick it, you know, kick it, coach. And yeah. uh, 
he kicked it, and I, I knew Ben Bloodsworth. You know, he had this ice water in his veins, and he was going to drill it, and he did. And um, I just remember, you know, that game breaking a long run and, you know, kind of stalling out everywhere. But, um, like I said, we scored – I don't even remember who scored the touchdown. But we scored a touchdown and kicked two field goals and beat them 13-12. to 12. But um, the, the, the thing I remember about that game is I remember the, the quarterback for them was – he wasn't very big, but that sucker could run now. He could fly. Mm. And um, our defense did a great job of, of stopping him, but he, he could he could run. And uh, Arnold Mooney, I, I think it was, used to give us a rack of ribs after every game, you know, when we were done. And, and I went over and found him and his mom, and I gave him my rack of ribs and told him, hey, man, you outplayed me tonight. <laughs> Here's my food. <laughs> I've never heard that story. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kicking game matters. That was one of the playoff maxims. So, at the kicking game, yep. so not only was the Bloodsworth field goals. I mean, think about that. One mm -hmm. touchdown, extra point, two field goals versus two touchdowns. But right. you're punting that night. So, you you punted a lot for us. Junior year, punted okay. But then you really committed uh, that summer before your senior year to becoming an excellent punter. And, and I, I want to say you averaged well over 44, 45, 46 yards per punt that night against BC rain and it was a low scoring defensive field position type game. So your punting helped propel us to that victory. Yeah. I spent a lot of time, you know, working on it and uh, cause I'd, I'd been doing it uh, past couple of years. And, you know, one of those things coach Chancey always did was just try to find out who could punt. And I don't know how I ended up trying out to do that. Uh, I think it was like my freshman or sophomore year, but um, ended up, getting pretty decent at it, which was interesting because I'd have my, you know, my, my cleats spatted and all that stuff. And to be able to punt a football is not the norm out with a spatted cleat. But. Coach Anson went to Montgomery that next Saturday morning after that game, and he called all the 5A coaches in. He said, hey, guys, guess what? Just did y'all all a favor. We just put the best team in the state out of the playoffs last night. That's and they, right. were, they were amazing. That team was something else. Yeah. We come to the final two games, semifinal championship game. So for years, Homewood Russellville was this historic overtime, you know, deal. Uh, you know, Bob Newton had gone gone to Russellville. There was just that special relationship between those two schools, but they were the dominant powers in 5A. And then for us to end that year, that 2003 year, with a 34 to seven win at Homewood in the semifinals, and then a 31 to seven state championship win. I mean, to this day, I just, I don't think people realize that was a historic achievement, not only to beat those two teams, but, but by that margin. So, you know, I, I've got some thoughts on that, but I wanted to hear from you first, kind of your recollection of that and what you kind of attribute that spectacular end of that season. Well, you know, we were talking earlier, Coach, and um, the, the the thing that I think back on is my seventh and eighth grade years of being the ball boy for the 98-99 state championship teams and just watching those guys and how physical and how big and strong they were. And, um, you know, they they set they, – they blazed the path that I always wanted to uphold that standard and – um, when it was our turn, you know, that, that senior year, uh, getting a chance to go, go into to Homewood, back to Homewood after we had lost them in the, in the regular season and get a chance to beat them. Um, 
and then going into the Russellville game, you know, and again, I just feel like it was something that was that I just always wanted to uphold the standard that those 98, 99 teams had had left behind and, and wanted to keep the dynasty going that I just knew those two games that we just had to, we had to find a way to, to finally break through five a. And um, thankfully, you know, we had a lot, had a lot, a lot, a lot of help that game that night at Homewood, you know, with Simeon scoring on the opening kickoff, you know, that kind of got everybody's juices going and, um, you know, everybody just playing great. And I was, I was decently healthy at that time, more healthy than I had been the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, us just putting it on Homewood like we did, it all came back, you know, full circle from the, the previous couple of years where we had lost to them. And so, um, that, that, that definitely that night felt, felt really good. And, um, was a very special night for Briarwood football. In the 5A state championship game, and I'm going to get back to both games here a little bit about kind of the offense we kind of settled into, which was very simple, just a little pro-I, a little Rex over, you know, pro-twin stuff, uh, blast and blast pass and stuff. But so Russellville, you know, that we kick off, uh, tackle them, and on the first play from scrimmage, they go for a score. And then we get the ball back, and on the real important play to keep the drive alive, you just kind of scrambled out, scrambled for a first down, and get up and jump up and coach Yancey gets on the headset and says, Hey boys, we're fine. So everybody out here is playing for the state championship and Joe's just playing football in his backyard. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we just went from there, but uh, you, you kind of alluded to that mentality of that game, even seeing that opening touchdown by, by uh, Russellville. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I'll, I'll remember that for the rest of my life, you know, just standing there on the sideline, you know, warming up, I'll even go back to warming up. It was a cold night. I just remember lining up as seniors and looking across the field and then taking the field. And then um, I just knew it was our night. And uh, we stuffed them on the opening kickoff. I think they started the drive on like the 18-yard line and they ran a ball out to the left uh, that we didn't fit right. And and it went it went to the house. And I just remember that guy. I was standing about the opposite 40-yard line. I just remember that guy running right by me, right down the sideline. And I just told myself, yep, it's not happening for y'all tonight, buddy. You know, <laughs> And so I knew it was our night, and um, there was nothing that was going to change that. And I remember – I think it was the first drive maybe that, you know, rolled out to the left and nothing was there. So I just kind of flipped around and ran back to the right and found um, – you know, got tackled there, but then found Trotter on a, on a post, I think, to open the game up on a touchdown. And Zach and um, – Man, just a special night, and I just remember, you know, that the, the most important thing that I think I want to tell that story is, you know, we were so close as a team, and we had been together for so long, a lot of many hours in the playground, you know, playing football in the playground, a lot of competitive games. Um, you know, we just we loved we loved each other. Um, you know, things that guys do, you know, and and to be able to sit in that locker room after hosting hoisting the trophy up. And, you know, a lot of guys just sitting there in tears. You know, I was in tears. I didn't want to take my pads off. I didn't want that to be the last time I ever put those gold pants on. And, and um, you know, just looking across the locker room at <laughs> all my buddies. I'm kind of getting emotional now just thinking about it again. You know, just a lot of my buddies are sitting there crying, just knowing that this was the last time we'd ever play together. And we had just we just won it all, you know. And that was pretty special uh, for, for all of us. And I remember riding back to Briarwood and, 
and pretty much our full gear. You know, it's just it was a very special time, a very special team, um, and a, a very good group of guys. So, Joe, you know, toward the end of your senior year, we we we'd always prided ourselves in offense and schemes and motions and shifts. But because of the personnel that we had uh, with your ability to run and throw the power run game, you know, we kind of got real simple, just a pro eye, <laughs> you know, some pro twins, you know, ISO power counter, and then the, all the play actions off that. And we were just mixed around with Charles Hoke and Larry Hedden, you know, yep. just little drags and dinks and dunks and Robbie Stevenson out in the flats after Yeah, to Andy Davis or Simeon Castile. I mean, it was, you know, and then over the top of Crumpler. I mean, it's really about as simple uh, an offense as you could run, but it was so effective. And then, you know, Russellville had worked so hard against our nakeds and boots. And the first two times we ran them, they actually had it all covered. They had the flats covered, they had the crossing route covered, the deep ball. But then you found the number four read, Zach Trotter, back to Post and I just to this day went wow. I mean, he actually saw that on that time clock. So, talk a little bit about you know because now you understand scheme uh, that there wasn't a whole lot to that offense, but it was surely effective. Uh, but I just remember that game, like you said, when I found Zach, I just felt like the the field safety for some reason just just drove on a route, and that just I just knew I had one on one on the backside and. Um, threw a good ball and Zach made a heck of a catch. But um, the scheme was to me back in that day was was a lot of fun. You know, a lot of quarterback. You said a lot of quarterback read uh, read run game and um, a lot of power stuff that we were running with the quarterback. And um, like you said, you know, guys like Robbie Stevenson catching balls in the flat and um, you know hitting hitting crumpler down the down the uh, sideline and, and having a big tight end like Charles Hoke and. Uh, Larry Hedden on the outside as well. I mean, those guys, it was it was a fun offense. And obviously, to be able to turn around and hand it to Andy Davis or Simeon Castile, I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. And um, had guys, guys up front that could block too, you know. So um, a lot of fun in those days. And I had to go back and watch it and kind of see how – like it's, it's kind of funny in my coaching, coaching career how things have gone, you know, a lot of spread type stuff. Um, really, to end my college career um, – with my college coach, spending a lot of time with up at West Virginia um, and seeing what they did with Pat White back in those days and uh, kind of doing some things like that with me in, in college. And um, and now kind of, kind of coming full circle with what we're doing here at Troy's, you know, a lot more stuff we were doing back in those days of just kind of more, you know, call it NFL style systems and, um, but a lot of it was a lot of fun. I remember that a lot of good things we did back in those days, and um, we got we got players open, you know, one on one matchups, and we we're able to take advantage of it. So we could do an entire another show on you post Briarwood. You know, you signed scholarship with MTSU, great career there. Even played a little baseball there. Then uh, mm-hmm. you get to play professional football in Italy. The, the playing for pizza stuff. Yep. But, I mean. Love to just even continue to talk to you about those stories. I mean, you played in the Italian Super Bowl, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, then you come back coaching with us. You go to Clemson, start working, and Coach Sweeney notices how good you are and steals you away from us. 
which led to you and Chad Morris going and you become the youngest OC in division one and, uh, you know, SMU, Arkansas, uh, now, uh, and UAB of course, and now back as the OC at Troy. So unbelievable coaching experience. Well, I, I think it's, uh, a lot of credit to all the men that I've been around, all the great coaches I've, I've had the fortune to be around. Uh, starts with you and Coach Yancey and Coach Forrester, I mean, in high school and, and all the life lessons I was taught there. Uh, the life lessons I learned along the way from, from you guys and then going off and learning a little bit more X's and O's from a guy like Alec Robbins who was – very well known in the NFL community and, and uh, developed Kelly Holcomb to a 12 year NFL career and uh, to GA Mangus who, who grew up playing uh, under Spurrier at Florida and uh, was my coordinator quarterbacks coach, my last part of my college career uh, to moving on and, and basically getting a chance to come back, like you said, and coach with coach Ancy. Um, I thought that was, you know, I, I was, I tell everybody I'm pretty pretty blessed to be able to play and coach for coach Ancy and all the, I got to see him on the other side of the, the spectrum, which was really cool uh, for me, but then to, to work for a guy like Dabo Sweeney and um, all the things that I learned from him, um, numerous, countless, um, you know, priceless uh, yeah. things that I've learned from him and um, to get the opportunity to go with Chad to SMU and Arkansas and, and um, to get, you know, humbled a little bit um, that first year at SMU to, to kind of flipping it around in year three, you know, uh, being able to be a part of a top 10 offense and um, getting a chance to go coaching the SEC in the toughest division in college football. Um, you know, you learn a lot. You think you're a guru until you, under, until you, until you realize it's all about the players, mm -hmm. uh, not the X's and O's. But um, – to get the chance to, to work for coach Vincent at UAB and coach Clark, uh, very special, very special guys, very good coaches that, that I've learned a lot from. And, and now even here at Troy, like I've been around John Summerall for about eight months and the things that I've learned from him already in just eight months is pretty special, pretty special guy. And, um, uh, very fortunate to be here with him and the staff that he's put together. I tell my wife all the time, I drive into work, just smiling, just, I can't believe that, I get paid to do this, uh, to get to coach football with these guys and be around these players. It's a pretty special place. So you've been evaluating quarterbacks. You play quarterback championship level. You know, you now you, you look at quarterbacks all over the country. You see them in camp. So, you know, as we, we talk about developing young quarterbacks, what what what's missing? What what are you not seeing that you wish you saw a little bit more of from young guys that aspire to maybe be even a division one college quarterback one day? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is, is um, there's a lot more focus on, you know, specializing in one sport. And um, I like, I like to see guys that play three sports. I like to, you know, I don't want to have a robot at quarterback. I want a guy that's um, an athletic quarterback, the guy that's played baseball, basketball, track, or, um, you know, I think that's that's the biggest thing that I think a lot of parents are missing out on. Hopefully my son, who's three now, I hope one day he's able to, you know, be athletic enough to play sports. And if he is, I want him to play all of them. I would never want him to just focus on one thing. Um, I think that's the big part. I think a lot of people are missing out, too, on just how tough a kid is. You know, I, I think 
you know, a kid can look as pretty as possible and, and throw the best ball and um, have the best release and, and all those things and have good arm strength. But when it all comes down to it, if you're getting hit and, and you know those bullets are flying and you can't – you're not tough enough to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. And so um, – and, and obviously everybody talks about the it factor. I think character and it factor is a big, big part. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't know, you know, what it, what it is with the it factor, but you, when you see a guy that's got it, you know, it, you know, it's, 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 this is one of those things that you can kind of just pick out. And, um, you know, I, I don't pay too much attention to all the testing and numbers and all that. I mean, you know, even in my college, in my coaching career that, you know, it doesn't matter how big a kid is, if, if he's big enough. And he has that it factor and he has character and he has, um, you know, what the intangibles it takes to be a great quarterback and toughness. I think that that's very important. And that's what we're really looking for. You know, so interesting you mentioned that, you know, some of that comes from this competitive toughness in all the sports. You know, quarterback used to come to me say, I'm not going to play basketball. I want to throw the football in the gym all winter. And I'm like, I'd much rather you be in a gym packed with people having to hit the front end of a one-on-one on, one on that's in the game right. in overtime than throw throw a drill with nothing on the line. No you question. Know. There's a lot of people yelling and screaming and hollering at you. What are you going to yeah. do when the pressure's on? That's right. So, I don't know. Joe, man, you are such a blessing. Um, you know, we, we don't have time to talk about you, your role as a husband, as a dad. Uh, over the years, the impact that you've had on, on people, um, just – the memories I, I have of just watching you compete and lead and get up off the deck and will our team to, to victory and then culminating in that state championship game. But then what you've done beyond that, you know, re- representing Briarwood at the top levels of football. So just always pulling for you, love you. Feel like that just our time together is something that's just a true treasure in my life. And coach, I can't thank you enough. And, and I just, I'm just trying to uphold the uh, life lessons that y'all have taught me, you know, throughout my life and throughout my high school years and even coaching uh, in high school. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, be like my mentors, you know, and, and, uh, and I mean that. And I love you and I love Coach Anski. I love Briarwood football. Um, I can't tell you, you know, I'm, I'm in a hotel room Friday night. I can't tell you how many times that, I'll look on my phone and see this Briarwood score. I mean, I, I, I look forward to that. And, um, you know, everybody always says this, and I tell my players and tell guys I'm recruiting, you know, the, the best times of football are high school football. And, and people don't realize that until you get out of it. But uh, there's just something about the Friday night lights and, and playing in high school. And I love Briarwood. I love the people of Briarwood. Um, I can't thank everybody enough for all the things that they've taught me and they've done for me throughout my life. Um, and I just, I just relish those times and just, and very thankful and, and thank the good Lord for giving me those times, uh, at Briarwood. And, and again, I, I love everything about that place and I hope, uh, to see Briarwood back on top here pretty soon. And I know we will be, and, um, look forward to keeping up the rest of this season. It's going to be a fun one. When 50 seasons of Briarwood football, Joe, you're truly one of the best we ever had and can't wait for our folks to get to know you even more, uh, so this is Briarwood Football Classics Podcast. You can find us wherever your favorite podcast are played.